Today, we're talking about why people deserve to have a great career and why sometimes we can get stuck in careers that no longer feel great. I'm speaking today with Tina Asher, who is a career coach, and I asked her about why we sometimes get stuck and stay in in work that doesn't work for us anymore. Here's what she shared. I think it's fear. I think we're sometimes not confident enough to know that we can pivot in our life and make a choice. You know, we all have dreams and aspirations in our lives, and we start out in that young phase where we're fearless. We go through our school and education, and we feel like we can conquer the world. So we have this high motivation to do that. And then over time, life kicks in. We start building responsibility and family and getting better in our career and homes and all of that responsibility. Our dreams tend to diminish a bit. And sometimes a mentor or coach can help us rediscover who we are and what we want by looking at ourselves at a deeper level so that we have this renewed phase. Some people might call it a midlife crisis, but it's where we've looked at ourselves at a deeper level to understand where we want to go and what we want to do. And it helps us re-remember our hopes and dreams. Today, we're talking about having a great career, talking with Tina Asher. I can't wait to share it with you. Michael, hit it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hi there, this is Susie Price, and you are listening to the Wake Up Bigger Workforce podcast, where we cover everything related to helping you and the employees and the organizations you work in build a high-commitment, low-drama, wake-up-eager workforce. Bottom line, we want to help leaders and organizations make good decisions about their people. We want to help leaders put people in the right seats, and then once they're on board, they can do a good job of keeping them motivated and informed by understanding who they are and having great conversations. And we use a lot of assessment tools to help people better understand uh, strengths and get that matchup in regard to positions that they're going to be put in, right people in right seats, uh, how they're managed, what they need. The, the assessments are kind of like a handbook on who someone is and how they like to communicate, what they're driven by. And so all of that comes together with all the tools that we use uh, and the training that we use to create this wake up eager workforce. And nothing ties greater to that than the idea of helping people have a great career. So I'm excited about the discussion that I'm going to have and share with you today with Tina. It's episode number 89 and the title is Everyone Deserves a Great Career. And yes, everyone deserves a great career. If we're going to work, let's make it great. And we are going to work and we're going to spend a lot of hours and a lot of time and a lot of energy in our life. So let's let's make it great. I'm really, really passionate about this. And so it it has to do with uh, my life and people in my life who struggled to feel eager every day. And it really uh, is an important subject that I have been relentless about in my own life to have a great career. And it really takes some work and it takes some focus and it takes some determination because we change and things change. and We learn more new things about ourselves. And so um, I'm just excited to share, share this episode with you with Tina. What we cover is four main topic areas. And one is the idea that you deserve to have a great career, which I went on a little bit of a monologue there about how important it is to me. And I wanted to want you to have that as well. And we talk about that, how important it is to have a great career 
and how, how we can reduce fear and overcome career stagnation. Career stagnation is just a part of evolution. Organizations change, positions change, we change, and we've got to pay attention. And, you know, building this, the skill of how to create a great career will serve us all well. And we can, we can help everyone we mentor and coach and in our families have to build this skill as well. The other thing we talk about is the career coaching and, and personal and professional growth. It all ties together. I've definitely taken advantage of career coaching in my life over the years. And then a big piece of this puzzle is about understanding where we've evolved to and who we are today. And so we, one thing that we can do to get clarity on that, even without a coach, is journaling and, and then making a list of appreciation. Two things that are very big in my life. I've been journaling for a very long time. And we talk about that today, about journaling. And, and it's neat that Tina shares uh, some of her. She has a, a wonderful journal that she shares freely with you all uh, in this episode. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Speaking of the show notes, how do you find us at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash great career. Great career is one word, lowercase. Find the show notes to get the links and access to Tina and anything else we're talking about, looking at other episodes we're doing here at Wake Up Be Your Workforce. Go to pricelessprofessional.com forward slash great career. Let me tell you a little bit about Tina. Uh, she's a business and career coach, a trainer, facilitator. Her company is Build You Up Consulting. And I love that it's Build You. And you is in capital letter. So it's all about you. And, and she is all about helping build people up and look for their, for their goodness. She has some different coaching programs. And you'll find them on her website. Land Your Dream Job, Jumpstart Your Career, Build a Better Career, a premier, premier Performance, and VIP Intensive. So it's neat that she has the different kind of programs depending on where you are. She is another colleague and friend from the TTI Success Insights Network. That is really my work colleagues that I see. And when I have career situations come up I or coaching, I usually refer them to Tina. She is uh, certified as a DISC uh, behavioral analyst, a driving forces analyst, trimetrics HD analyst, all things that I am certified in. And she also has the emotional quotient. So she also does the assessments and makes that a part of her career coaching. Uh, her career is interesting. She spent almost, I don't know if it's quite 30 years, but a good many years of her life in the banking, mortgage, and finance business. She was a regional vice president, senior account manager, and vice president. I think it was mostly in the mortgage business, but we'll go to the episode now. I hope you enjoy it and get lots of benefit from it. Tina, it's so great to have you here today. Thank you for taking time to be on the podcast. There's so many things that I appreciate about you. When we first met, I knew you were a bright light just by the way you communicated. I know what a professional you are and how much you care about helping and serving people and the fact that you're always learning. And so it's just an honor to have you on here today. And one of the favorite things that you say a lot that I like it every time I read it, because I think people need this reminder, is that you deserve a great career. Absolutely. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me, Susie. It's always a pleasure to be in your presence. You just yourself are a light and I appreciate Aww. so much about you. Yes, everyone does deserve a great career. There's no reason for us to live and do work that we're miserable in. And that doesn't mean always jump and ship, right? That doesn't mean going from one place to the next because I'm unhappy. It's more around what are my unique gifts and skill set to make the best of my work in life situation. And so that's what I really try to pull out of folks so that they can be their best in the environment that they're in. 
Oh, that's great. That's great. People need the reminder. And, you know, it doesn't seem like everybody feels like they deserve a great career or that they have a great career, you know, because it's defined individually. But uh, why don't more people have it? Is it is it they don't know it? Do they not know their strengths? What What do you think it is? What do you see? I don't know if you saw the Gallup report that shared that there was only 32% of employees that are actively engaged That's a depressing number, Susie, and there's no reason why people shouldn't be happier in their work. Now, we're also comprised of multiple generations in a workplace now, so there's different skill sets, there's different needs, and there's different wants. But regardless of how old you are or how long you've been in something, we all have a desire to be heard, valued, respected, and utilize our best talents. And sometimes without the right structure in place in an organization, they're not able to do that. And so people tend to do the quiet quitting or they tend to jump ship and they really don't have to if they just understand themselves better and then learn how to manage up and then manage down appropriately. Yeah. So that sounds like the work you do is is helping people understand who they are and then what do they want? You know, yes. what do they want in their career? Yeah, that makes sense. And, and I, I think people just kind of give up sometimes or they can't find the answer Uh, they get stuck. What are some of the main reasons people get stuck? I think it's fear. I think they're, they're not confident enough to know that they can pivot in their life and make a choice. You know, we all have dreams and aspirations in our lives. You know, we start out in that young phase where we're fearless. We go through our school and our education and we think we can conquer the world. And so we have this high motivation to do that. And then over time, reality kicks in. We start building on our responsibilities, having a family, getting better in our career and owning homes and all of those things where our dreams tend to diminish a bit. And so they're they're just hiding. They're out in hiding. They're not, they're not gone. And it's just a matter of us trying to figure out how do we get unstuck? And the only way we can do that sometimes is with a mentor, someone close to us or a coach, you know, and helping us rediscover who we are so that we have this renewed dreaming phase of some people call it the midlife crisis or going through that. And we've got to look at ourselves at a deeper level to understand, I still have this in me. And as the responsibilities start to lighten up over the years and we start moving into different phases of our lives, then we have realigned a new momentum to really focus on our hopes and dreams. So that helps us to get unstuck. But we don't have to wait for that time in our career, right? There's a matter of us really figuring out what can we do today that makes a little bit of joy happen in our workplace that we enjoy and then try to do more of that. Uh, There's so much about what you just said that I love. One of the things you said is I still have this in me, you know, that mid-career that you're remembering that because you do see that in organizations when people get mid to later career, their productivity goes down because they're just less enthused. But the reminder that I still have this in me is a very cool thing. And then just just taking it day by day, making every day a good day. So uh, I think uh, Gallup also talks about strengths and that three out of four adults don't know what their strengths are. And it's probably the same number. I've been quoting that number for a long time. I don't know if the recent research says anything different, but so you line up four people, three of them don't know what their strengths are. Do you find that when you're coaching that people just like they have no clue? Right. 
Right. Well, when I'm really trying to uncover some things with them, we go through this foundational piece and, and we're asking a lot of questions around, you know, what makes you tick? What what do you get excited about? And they'll list their strengths and things. But then when we do the assessments that we're so accustomed to, to sharing more for our sake than theirs, but there's such a benefit on both ends, they're really, their eyes are opened, you know, and they're really surprised sometimes at and then they start, it starts clicking for them, right? They're like, oh, this is why this is always irritating me with this person. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's like things you know, but somehow in our education system and in career seeking, people don't get the guidance to think about what do you, what are you good at? What are your strengths? What do you like? And it's not just your, your degree. It's all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that's a lot of your, what you help people with. Yep. Yep. And, and, and initially there's a big discovery phase and, you know, as you know, some of the higher analyticals, the C's or the, you know, the, the, the people that are really perfectionists and want to try and analyze everything, their answers. I have this discovery form where they have to ask pretty many questions and we're unpeeling the layers of the onion to really discover, you know, what's underneath all of the items that they say they want, but they haven't gotten yet. And uh, the last question always says, what are your takeaways from this exercise? And I always tell them to take a quiet place and take time and not rush through it. And they're always amazed. And it's one of their favorite pieces of all of it, because very few people take the time to sit in a quiet space and reflect and put their thoughts on paper. And it's funny because I get to see this before my first session with these clients. And I can usually tell by the way their answers are if they're going to they're gonna be a you know, an IS or, you know, you can read their style, their behavior behavior styles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they fill out this form and it, it basically, I mean, think about how busy we all are and, and when, I mean, when you're in college, you're busy, you know, I partied a lot, but I also worked a lot. And then I also studied a lot. I mean, I was on all cylinders at all times. And then, but when was the reflection time, you know, so you think about that in college and then you think about that later on, once you get in a career, now you're, in the career, trying to make it happen. And, you know, when do you actually stop and reflect? And I think if people are sitting here listening and they're thinking, I want to have a great career, I've had a great career, but I don't have it right now. Reflection and what you help facilitate is so powerful. Yeah. And doesn't matter what age or stage they're in. A lot of them will jokingly say, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, they really do. It's just a matter of, like we said, it's hidden and we just have to expose it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing you talked about, about fear, I always think that's interesting too, why people will stay in jobs that they despise. They get really stuck. Do you see that a lot? Yeah. I was one of them, quite frankly. Yeah. I was in yeah. a role. I had a great career, had a lot of great successes with it, met some great, amazing people. And I'm very thankful for that. And yet towards the end, I was finding myself getting really stressed out because I had built this lifestyle that I was afraid I couldn't remove from. And I remember journaling and, and writing, you know, I write out my prayers, you know, oh God, I'm stressed, you know, help me out of the situation. And so because of a an acquisition and a layoff, I lost my job after 30 years of devoted to a career. And that was a shakeup, right? So yeah. not only did I lose it, I was more worried about my team. You know, I had handpicked these people out of these states making really good salaries and then having to say goodbye and letting them go. Ooh, and hard. it's it, it's hard, right? But my passion now is to help people always have their plan B ready and yeah. be able to ex- explore and expose how can we make it better where you're at? What can we do 
to transform this. Maybe it comes down to creating a new job description, you know, and having conversations with your leaders or your executive team to say, this is where I'm really passionate. What can we do to to facilitate something like this? Sometimes that works. And sometimes it's literally a career transition and we just have to move. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so interesting too. I just recently learned about somebody that was in a position for a really long time and they were really, they were in the, what were the four stages? You said optimism. What was it? The optimism reality yeah. where you kind of get burned out and then renew dreaming. They were in the worldly reality phase where they're just feeling all the responsibility and actually were, were questioning, you know, the role, but didn't want to verbalize it. So their performance went down and there was some counseling and coaching and to try to help the person. And it was a pretty high level position. And then they have just now been transit transitioned out. Now that was not an outplacement, you know, because companies do do shrink, but this was actually a we're going to let you save face and you're mm-hmm. going to be able to say you're you know, making a choice to leave, but we're really asking you to leave now. And the person was so conflicted because all along they kind of wanted to make the choice and never did. So the choice got made for them. And I, I think that happens a lot. And I know the other piece happens is where there's just layoff and people are waiting, waiting, you know, to get, so so if you have a layoff or you're going to do a a shrinking of the workforce, give me a package, you know, and that's okay Mm -hmm. too. Everybody's got their choices, but I don't know. That's just so hard. That's so much of handing your future like digging in, putting your head down because you're fearful and and letting your future be created by other people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's really um an area that I really try to help people focus on. And 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 not everyone's willing to do it. They're yeah. not willing to invest in the work and the resources to do that for themselves. And when it's a high enough priority, they'll take that chance. They'll they'll yeah. do that. And usually, I mean, who is it that does it? Is it Somebody who had a personal history. Uh, I mean, who is it that digs in? And and I'm just curious. It's it's usually someone that's finally fed up and they're tired of getting kicked around. And they're usually high achievers. They've already made a big impact in their career and they yeah. know they can do more. But it's not filling the same cup anymore. It's it's that high achiever, that professional, that executive who really knows. I've done this so well. I'm not being appreciated or valued anymore. I want to make a bigger impact in the world. And I don't really know how to do that. And that's who I tend to see (laughs) that really make the change. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And you need a guide. I mean, I can't think about how many times. I mean, I know I have hired career coaches all throughout my career. Or for each moment, I hire the right person to help me figure out how to get the next thing. Because that's the other thing. Sometimes if you're a higher achiever, you think you got to know it all. You know, yeah. like you can't, you know, invite yeah. somebody, but if you can find somebody competent like you, I mean, you're such a pro and you had a big career and you're making a big career with this consulting and you know, all these skills and you care and you bring your faith to it. I mean, you're the ideal person for people to, you know, that are higher cheapers to go to, because you're, you're, you're going to honor who they are and help them figure it out. Well, I appreciate that, but I've been blessed. I've been blessed by, by uh, God and, and everything else in my life. So I, I, credit to that. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit. I know why having a great career matters to me so much. I mean, like I, it's like, uh, I almost get emotional thinking about it or talking about it for you. Why does having a great career matter so much? Because it's not, we live our lives working. We, we usually have to work to pay bills, right? So when we want to do something for the majority of the time during the day, we should really enjoy doing that work. and that fills our cup. When we know that we're doing something that's making a difference for someone else, I can't tell you how many times I see someone's confidence go from shattered to 
excited. I had this one executive a while back and she would meet me and she would be of course at home and she's on her yoga ball or something. And she was just (laughs) kind of, you know, down in the dumps. And, and after a few sessions, all of a sudden, the next time we got on the call, she's like bouncing and she's, I mean, a huge renewed energy. And it was just so fun watching her get elated. And then later on, when she got her great new job, she's sitting there in the boardroom where they're all talking about, well, we're not going to hire this person because their LinkedIn is blah, blah, blah. And she was laughing because that was one of the first things we worked on on herself, you know? And so so she's like, that really was important. And, you know, some of the other things that came out of that, but it was fun. Oh, you see her transforming right before your eyes, which is beautiful. And so for you, what in your life, you mentioned your career, what in your life brought you to this place of wanting to do this work? Just talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So when I, when I was laid off, I was assigned a career coach. I was given a really nice severance package and a career coach and all of these things. And this gentleman was fantastic. I, I, I liked him, but he kept pointing me into he was p- pigeonholing me into where the money was, what the what the you know my skill set was, and everything, which normally people would do. So I don't fault him for that. But there were a couple things that I had that I wasn't willing to budge and take off. And I just said, "This is authentically who I am." And if this person had, you know, if I'm interviewing with someone, so it was just a matter of him not really listening to what my mm-hmm. needs were. Yeah. That I realized, okay, I was fortunate enough to get some really nice job offers and some positions where they were creating positions for me. And I had a close friend at the time that said, now, Tina, (laughs) why would you go and learn a completely different industry, making a fraction of the salary when you yourself have said that you would love to build others up and do this on your own? And so she was like the pivotal moment when I was able to switch over and start building my company. And ironically, it's build you up. It's like the university of you, right? It's building you up to be your best. And there's steps to do that. And um, it's, it's been so rewarding and I would never turn back. I just, I just love it. It's so, so, and it's what a great thing that you had a good coach, but he wasn't giving you what you needed. So it's like, so that actually helped even point you into, I could do this better. I could do this, you know, not not making that person necessarily wrong, but when they do something in a way that you would do different in that, in your friend too, speaking to you to do that, that's, that's amazing. And, and ironically, I was currently, I had hired a business coach who had also been through layoffs and, and different things. And so she was instrumental in, in helping me build it. And she was the one that flat out said, you'd be great as a career coach. Why don't you be an affiliate for me while we build it? And so it worked out. I have um, clients all over the country. So it's really fun. Oh, that's so neat. Is there anything, you know, early on in your career, like, I'm just wondering if there's anything personal that has uh, played a big part. I'll give you an example of why I'm asking this. So uh, my, uh, it's very personal, but I'll share it because it's all about why there's a wake up eager and why it's wake up eager workforce is that my mother in particular never really used her potential, you know, and just used to barely scratch the surface. And there's some, you know, mental issues and things like that. But she was young, at a younger age. She was so had so much potential. She's more of an artist, and she never could find her way to that. So now, you know, and, and I always saw it. I always saw what she was and how great she was, and she never could see it. And so, and it's and and you know, didn't wake up eager. You know, like well, we didn't see her in the morning because I think she was depressed. So it's a little personal to share that, but mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, um, that also can make you someone who will not budge. Like I will not budge on the wake up eager for myself. 
Mm-hmm. And I want other people to have that too, because I couldn't, you know, help the person that matters the most in your life, you know, yeah. find that. Yeah. And so I just, I just curious if, you know, there's, yeah, I know you had your journey. Um, if there's other things in your life that just really make you super passionate about this, maybe it's family members, maybe it's other things you haven't shared. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as people that have really affected me and my journey, personally, of course, I can't say enough about my parents. My father was a hardworking man. He climbed the ladder. He had good work ethic and integrity and moved his kids and took us out of our schools to restart multiple times. That could not have been a hard decision or an easy decision for him, but I saw his perseverance and, and what it did for us. And my mom, I couldn't do without because she was my reasoning, right? She would keep bringing me back to who I was created to be and realistic things. When I would start getting way too big for my britches, she would pull me back and say, wait a minute, who is this girl that's, you know, starting to stomp out things and, and, you know, take things, you know, for granted. So she was that, but I think the biggest thing that was an effect in my world was a gentleman by the name of Mike Grana. He was a mentor when I was a young kid out of school, took a chance on me, saw in my behavior style that pushing papers was not for Tina (laughs) and moved me into a more people focused role. And then shortly after that created a position for me to lead those people. (laughs) I don't know what he was thinking, having this young girl manage and put you know, job descriptions and product development procedure manuals together and do all of this stuff. And then not only that, when the company went to a restructured all those years back, he saw something in me again and didn't want me out of there. So he put me in a different position that didn't count his head count, but I learned the whole back end of the office. So then when he left the organization several years later, he also took me as my as his wingman to be his sales rep. So I learned sales and managing sales and all of that. So he was just a huge, huge person in my life. And so if I can do any of that, I have people that are starting to do different things and some of them are branching out on their own. And I'm helping as much as I can help open doors for them, I'm going to open doors for them. Yes. Because they were open for you. And you can empathize with the, okay, it's pretty challenging to take on all these challenges, but it's doable, yeah. you know, and, and this yeah. idea of uh, he showed you what a great mentor is like. Yep. And I, I think, you know, some of those sound like really big jumps and, and it doesn't have to be like that, right? We can just take one small step to make a one small difference, which will make one small ripple and, you know, move us forward, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, some of the small steps are um, just every day do asking for something you want or making a small change of, uh, in awareness about what interests you and spending more time on that or that kind of thing. What kind of things come up in your I coaching? I think depending on what level the person is at, you know, you have a lot of leaders in your listening audience. I think as a leader, the the biggest key is staying curious. Curious is my favorite word. It's, you know, keeping that beginner's mind mentality. How many times can we ask open-ended questions to fully understand? We don't have to agree with it. We just need to understand where they're coming from. And when we can stay curious and ask questions, we learn how to manage better. We learn how to lead better. We learn how to explore better. There are some people who are so stuck in their ways, they're not open to other people's advice or, or ideas. And that's really a sad thing, you know, because yeah. um, they stay stuck. Um, yeah, I, I was. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I would think you know, having a great career is about uh, tuning into other people. So staying curious about why they think the way they do or what they want, you know, helps quite a bit. We both use the same tools in regard to the assessments. And, and one of the tools is drivers and what you're most interested in and motivated by. Um, and I always see when people learn what their motivators are, and if they're one of the people that didn't really know concretely what gave them energy or it, put gas in their tank. Do you have any story of anybody you worked with who made a shift based on that insight of the workplace oh, motivators? Yeah. I have two, if we have time to oh, share. Them. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> well, what, and ironically, they're both male executives. So it's kind of a funny, but one of them was in a very toxic environment. Uh, the senior leaders happened to be out of the country. And so it was a no bending kind of scenario. It was kind of a forced down situation and in a big office building with no windows and everything. Well, when we did, and it was very bitter. In fact, I wrote an article around being bitter or better. We can choose to stay in the land of bitter or we can become better, right? The rearview mirror is only so small. We look in the rearview mirror for a little bit. What the, what we do, we take the foot off the gas. So we want to keep our eyes forward. So he, we ran his assessment and he was high harmonious of all things and high intentional. And he's always lived and loved and have a passion for rejuvenating the environment. So horticulture. Uh -huh. So he did 180 flip, went back, got a, the education that he needed. And he's now running a small business on his own and working in that industry to broaden his skills. And the best part, and this is going to sound kind of like I'm patting myself on the back and that's not the point, but he said, I am a better employee for the organization and I am a better spouse and a better parent. And I only say that because that is the what he had within himself that he didn't know. And it just took a little tweaking to figure that out. And he did a complete flip. So, and he's happy. Yeah. With self-awareness, you understand that. And that's the beauty of the motivators too. So it, describe a little bit about what high harmonious is so people understand, because I yeah. totally get it for culture. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And to save the planet, right? So yes. he's, yeah, and I, I apologize. I, we speak our coach speak, right? And our assessment yeah, yeah. speak. But he was very in tune with nature and being outside and getting his hands dirty. And, you know, it was all about the beautification of his surroundings. And that just what filled him up. Uh, so anyway, so that was really fun to see him make that switch. Another gentleman I have or used to have, and he was high on his analytical and very domineering, very competitive, very, you know, get the task done all about tasks, not a lot of warm and fuzzy. Yeah. And so, but a very effective, really good leader with a great skill set and very sought after. And what was funny was because he had worked in a few different environments, you know, the capacity of the people that he worked with weren't always up to par on where they should have been based on their title and based where he came from. So he ran into butting heads a little bit because of his abrasiveness. Oh, and he was also very high objective, which means very functional, right? All about departmentalizing and taking the emotion out of it and getting down to business. So that combined was quite the um yeah, a lot of a lot of yeah, <laughs> yeah to my way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. what you and I know is those types of leaders are the best leaders we can work for if we can get past their directness and their particularness because they'll push us further than we'll ever want to be pushed. Yeah. So and he had a, a whole bunch of testimonials and all things about that that 
that shined that he was a great manager. So I knew, you know, that was it. So it was just funny because ironically, we had to keep softening the, you know, softening him up a little bit, softening him up because he had one direct report that was, that was pretty, um, wanted to collaborate and be, you know, all in and, um, they bumped heads quite a bit. And now ironically it's turned full circle and they're very close friends and very good colleagues. So it's just funny how that, that works once you start working on some of the things that you're, you're yeah. aware of yourself and aware of others. So his greatest strengths uh, in that particular relationship came a blind spot because he wanted to just operate uh, as usual. And that person wanted something different from him. Is that what yes. it was? Yes. Uh, and so that, you know, the question I would pose to him, I said, you have so so much experience and all of this great data and all of this information that works for you. And when you get into a disagreement with someone, what if you just assume the other person was right? What would that look like? And so he started doing that and that caused him to ask different questions and show up differently. So he started to think, okay, well, if they are right, there must be a reason for it. So it made him probe a little bit more, which therefore showed that he cared and it wasn't his way or the highway. Oh, great coaching. That was awesome. <laughs> it was, it was, and the fact that he did it too, because yeah. sometimes you can land like a great suggestion, right. you know, but we suggest they decide and he decided to try it. Right. And it worked. It kind of interrupted his pattern, you know, so then he yeah. would start to say, okay, wait a minute, if they're right. Well, and I think to the previous gentleman with the bitter or better scenario, we could do that anywhere we're at, right? If we're in a situation yeah. and we can keep griping and moaning and everything about what's not going right, or we can figure out what is going right, what you are grateful for and thankful for, and how can we, you know, yeah. it's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Is it really small stuff at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the small stuff too, if you pay attention to it when it's small and say, okay, I'm being bitter here. What can I look for to appreciate? And it's not something you just, and if you're, if you've got a trend going, you have to work it. You have to rewire your habit, you know? So let's talk about the next favorite thing that I, you and I have in common is journaling. My big thing is I journal every day and you can change your habit of where you turn your attention if you make lists of appreciation of your life and of different people, you will see different things. You will experience different things. I've been journaling since college. And I remember a writing teacher uh, suggested it. It was I was a journalism major. So I remember, and it was like, I think I have just found gold in journal journaling. Talk a little bit about why you journal. And I, I bet you recommend it for clients. Absolutely. And it's hard sometimes for people to start it. And I just say, start simple. What are you grateful for? Just list three things, right? Just something you're grateful for. And, and I've had to use the example of before my feet hit the floor, I wake up or I pray and I say, thank you, God, that my eyes open today. Thank you for another day. Thank you that, you know, we have a roof over our head and, you know, just basic things. It's so easy to take for granted, you start viewing things differently because someone's always got it worse than you. Someone's always got it better than you. And if you do this comparison game, it's it's really going to spiral you. So journaling helps you isolate your thoughts and put them down on paper. And that's where creativity sparks. I mean, that's where you start thinking of things that you never would have thought of. And it's great. I can go, I have journals from years back. I can go back and I can cry the same tears I did at that same point when that happened. Yeah. And I can laugh at the same things from when that happened because it puts me back in that, it transforms me back into that place and space. And even for my journey and work, I think of, gosh, I came up with some brilliant ideas. I need to implement those. Why did I let that just grow dust? 
Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, so do you journal every day? And I try to, I get out of the habit sometimes. I, what I do do daily is pray and, and read scripture and that, and that a lot of times turns into my journaling as well. Um, but sometimes just in the evening too, I, I actually created a journal, a revival journal that has list your three intentions in the morning that you want to set for the day. And then in the evening, you reflect on how the day went. And then there's a, a question that you can journal about that's that talks about, you know, how are you going to find abundance in today or something like that? There's always a word yeah. or focus. And I actually enjoyed doing that myself. I created it, but I also enjoyed doing it myself. And it was like a 30-day journal. And I thought, I need to print this off and do this again. This was really yes. fun. So do you make that available to other people? Yeah, I can I can uh send you the link for that if they would okay, like that. It's, it's a downloadable. Yep. Oh yeah, that would be wonderful. Why don't you share that? Yeah. Yeah. And and the beauty of journaling is it brings you back to yourself, which brings you back to spirit or whatever you Mm -hmm. believe, whoever or however you believe, you know, your connection with the bigger picture. And, uh, and, and if you're someone like for me, I talk to think. And so sometimes when I was younger, I would talk and say more than needed to be said, because I was still sorting things out. So you think of everybody, if you're thinking of the distance, D and I talk to think. And so it's better to do it on paper and get clear before you share. And then the same thing with the C and D style, they think before they speak and sometimes they don't ever speak. So if they can do some of their thinking, they might speak some more, you know, it like helps our blind spots, you know, so I see that too. I love that. Yes. Yeah. That's very cool. Very cool. Can't, can't express it enough. And and what you said about being grateful or lists of appreciation, once you start going, uh, if you pay attention to how you feel, I mean, it's the pathway to joy. That's yes. what prayer is. I mean, it's all, it's quieting the busy, ne- busy, negative mind. Yes. Yes. And that's so important now more than ever too, because we are bombarded with so much, the social media, the texting, the, you know, all of the different things that are happening, the media, the politics, you know, all of those things that are just bombarding. We have to quiet our mind sometimes. And it's hard when you've got the the young parent that's got kids going crazy and um, you're just trying to make ends meet. That That is difficult, but carving out as little as 15 minutes will make a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. And just yes. start one day and don't beat yourself up. If you miss it the next day, just get back on track and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 15 minutes, 15 minutes. I calculated that out. That's 1% a day. And that is like, I think it's 92 hours in a year. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. I, <laughs> yeah. think I, I yeah. calculated wow. it one time because I was like, oh, 15 minutes is not very long. Everybody can find 15 minutes. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and do you find it helps you be a better coach and a better family member and, you know, absolutely. and all of that? Yes, absolutely. Because I think when you, and it's just like when you hire a coach, right? My, when I manage teams in the corporate world, I met with each of my people individually, the power of one-on-one meetings, I cannot express enough. I know you've had multiple guests on your show that, that reiterate that, but Busy leaders who don't take the time to do these one-on-one meetings are missing out wholeheartedly. And so I always tell people, you hire a coach so that we can help you reframe. So do the dumping with me so that when you go home, you're not complaining about your job. You're not upset, right? You're the best parent you can be. You're the best spouse you can be. And you can enjoy life. Let me help you with the icky stuff. And so journaling can do that too, right? You don't have to hire a coach. If you're good at journaling and expressing that, then get it out on paper so that you've dumped it and then yeah. it's out. 
Yeah. Do both. Do mm-hmm. both. Yeah. Yes. I love that point. You know how to have. So it's like right back to what we started with. You deserve a great career. Well, maybe your current career is exactly what you need, but there's some cleanup that needs to happen and some support that needs to happen. And, you know, it's, maybe it's not, you're going to become a horticulturist and make a huge shift. You know, maybe it's just finding peace where you are and you can help do that. You can do all of it. So, right. And the biggest stumbling block I think for people is when they're working on trying, you know, a lot of them haven't interviewed in a long time. They haven't put together a resume. They they don't know how to toot their own horn. You know, there's a way to strategically do that without sounding egotistical and prideful. There's a way to, to really express yourself in all the great things that you bring to the table, but helping walk through that and being silly and role-playing, you know, and doing that in an ugly setting so that you can refine it later on is so beneficial. And that can even be with communication from management to teams, right? You know, having that thought out short little synopsis, you know, what's going well, what do you do well? You know, why did you do it? How did you do it? And what was the result because of it, you know, kind of thing. So, oh yes. Yeah. So yeah, practice that. I mean, if you think about it, you practice a presentation, you practice you know, you prepare before a podcast interview. Why wouldn't you practice, you know, interviewing and all of that? And it takes that stuckness away if you are thinking, well, what if I do delve into this? And what if I do have to go get interview? And I haven't interviewed in 20 years and then it shuts down. Okay, I'm not going to make any change. I'll just stay here and be miserable and count every day, you know? So yes, that's so great. That's so great. Well, so I love everything that you shared. I love that you're holding the vision for people about having a great career. Let's do a little bit more about your career. We've heard a little bit about it and about you. I always like to ask people because it is, we are wake up eager here. It it means everything to me in the world that I wake up eager every day and what I do, mind, body, and spirit kind of changes. But so I'd like to ask people what they're doing on a daily basis to kind of feel good on a regular basis and wake up eager. Uh, What's some of your mind, body, spirit uh, activities or actions lately? Yeah. So I'm in a habit of the first thing in the morning, I, I spend time in prayer and gratitude, right. And reading scripture that's, that sets me and focuses me and gives me my foundation. Then I, as far as physical, I do, I've gotten back into working out. I'm not doing as often as I'd like, but there's this infrared hot works program that is oh, short. Yeah. So it's so great. I have I love a friend it. that does that. Is it called hot works? Or? Yes. I yeah, absolutely I've seen it. They've got it, it all around Atlanta. What do you love about it? I love it because you can do anything from 15 minute short intensive, intensive things, yeah. or you can do your 40, 45 minute longer ones. And I, they even told me they have like an ex police officer that goes in and just reads a book in the infrared sauna because you're burning calories and toxins because of the infrared. And then you do an afterburn so that you're still burning calories after it's really fascinating. So I, oh, I really like that's it. That's cool. That's cool. Quick question for you. Yes. If, let's say somebody's listening and they have they have faith and they want to read scripture again. How do you have a certain pattern that you follow, or you just let the let the Bible open, or wow. what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> That's I'm a curious. loaded question, and I'm very yeah. passionate about it, so I could go on okay. forever. But 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 <laughs> I, what I would just say is I did it all the wrong ways, probably at first. You know, you don't start at Genesis, and you don't. <laughs> You know, that will just get mind blowing because there's a lot yeah. in there. Yeah. So it's just a, you know, I think if someone's really interested in, there's so many different things out there. Like Jesus Calling is a great book with little one pagers where you can just, it reflects on how you can use it during the day. So it's applicable. The Bible is fantastic because individually they're each different books in a, in a big book and they can apply to life. I did a, I have a draft of a leadership series on how that applies in a faith-based situation based on one of the books in the Bible. And, and then James is a good 
book to start with. So that would be a good one for early okay. people that are looking at anyway. So that's, that, and I could go yeah. on. So if any of the listeners want to talk more about that, I'd reach out to you forever. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah, are yeah. you passionate about <laughs> it? And I know we, we um, acknowledge all paths of faith on this podcast and in my life and appreciate everybody's journey, whether it's traditional or non-traditional or whatever. So I just thought that listeners would be interested in that. It's like, okay, read the Bible. Well, what, what do I look at if I haven't done it in a while? You know, so right. that was great. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, so there's so many resources and I'm, I'd happy, I'd be happy to share with you some of those names of things. If you want to pass those okay. links along. Yeah, too, we'll but, put them so in the show yeah. notes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, mind, body, so, so we hot works. And then yeah. spirit, um, as far as, you know, I look at spirit as the other, but I would just say family. Most of my family is out of state. So I consistently try to make sure that I'm either talking or texting or doing something weekly with those folks and then traveling a lot to see them. And then locally here, I have groups of women. I have my Tuesday tribe ladies that we do a lot with, and then they help me stay centered and focused. So that's, that's important community. Yeah. So with your Tuesday tribe, that's the people that do the work you do or live around you. I have those two. So my Tuesday tribe are my Bible study women, right? So I met them at church. So they're my Christian based friends that I can be real with, right? <laughs> All real right. with, right? Yeah. Um, and then I have mastermind coach group that I'm with that we that we meet weekly. And then I have some local groups that are part of networking that are empowering business women and, and that type of thing. So there's a lot of different arms that I'm involved in. Yeah. So that's with the spirit angle. We always talk about it in, in reference to community. So if you do not have community uh, and you're feeling stuck, they kind of go together. I think Yeah, I think we all need people around us and we don't always have our family around us, like you mentioned. And so make those steps. I know at some point in my career, I didn't. And now I have more community than I can keep up with. <laughs> and my life is so full, you know, yes. it's just, it's, it's, it's a key element to health and well-being, and, you know, feeling like you belong with and that's, others. Yeah. yeah. And that's so important, Susie, what you said, because your sphere of influence impacts your day-to-day yeah. interaction, your feelings, all of that. And one of the questions I do ask is, who is your the five closest people to you? Because if they're all negative, they're not going to be ones to support you in wanting to make a change and they're going to help keep them stuck. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Yeah. It sounds like you've got a good, a lot of good groups. So another question, what would you, what advice would you give your younger self? So you're in your 20s. What would you say to younger Tina? I would say embrace change and slow down and enjoy the journey. And success does not look like what you think it does. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So last two questions. If you could put a billboard up anywhere in the world, where would you put it? So it might be a location thing or you might have it everywhere. And what would you say? What would you want the world to see on a regular basis? What I would, because of my faith, it's going to be faith-based. So if you've ever seen the word joy, they spell out Jesus, others, you. So I would say, trust Jesus, serve others, and love yourself. Ah, nice. I love it. I love it. Okay. So uh, one last bit of wisdom, or you can say, share more than one thing about having a great career and building a great career. and, And of course, waking up eager. What would you say what we want to remind people of? I would just remind people that it's not too late to make drastic changes and they don't have to seem overwhelming. Take one step at a time, make the pivot, listen to your heart, listen to your nudge, and then listen to what makes you happy and and, and start focusing on those things and then take the next step that you need to get the support you need to make things a little bit lighter and, and 
the world's not that bad. (laughs) There's a lot of good people out there and there's a lot of good jobs out there. And there's a lot of good careers out there that really do, even though Gallup's percentage is so low, there's also other stats that show organizations are excelling in their employee engagement. So there's good jobs out there. Take the risk. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, we never did touch on that point was about the Gallup. Uh, I'm so used to hearing those numbers. I didn't even expand on it because it's been those numbers for a really long time. So, yes. So you can have a great career. Yes. Tina knows you can. And she's going to help you see the way. (laughs) Absolutely. It was so fun to see you today. Thank you for your passion around what you're doing. We'll share a link to your book, Teetering, and any other resources that we talked about today. We'll have those in the show notes. And just thanks for being you and thanks for uh, helping others wake up eager. Thank you so much, Susie. I appreciate you. Here are some of my favorite thoughts from the episode. Just kind of recap them here for you is I enjoyed some of the examples that she shared because you could, we tied in the assessment conversation a little bit about when people understood, you know, what their drivers were, how they like to communicate, what the strengths are, what the blind spots are. They were able to make changes with more clarity, you know, to move towards this great career. And the Tina was really instrumental in helping with that. And of course, I loved, as I mentioned at the start, the journaling aspect that we discussed because I have journals everywhere. I don't keep most of them all the time, but I have something to write on to kind of collect my thoughts because I to think clearly, I sometimes need to get my thoughts down and I just think it's so invaluable. I've been doing it since college, but she had some good verbiage around that, Tina did, about uh, journaling helps you isolate your thoughts and put them down on paper. And that's where creativity sparks, where you start thinking of things you never would have thought of. And it's great. And she is right. It is great. We've got to got to find ways. You know, sometimes if we tell people what we're thinking, what we're thinking gets muddied because they add their bias in. But if we can just put it down on paper, it, you'll see how smart you are and how wise you are, and what great insight you have. And you'll be surprised at what comes out. It's like the the inner part of us expresses itself privately in, jur- in journaling and we're not biased by others' opinions or what they think or you know, not that what they think doesn't matter, but we need to be clear about our own thoughts at times. And there's nothing more important about our career journey than to understand who we are and what we want and why we want it. And that can get muddied by what other people want us to want. So I also enjoyed what she talked about in her, what's very important to her is her faith and how she uses that in her time of reflection. She mentioned her revival journal, and we do have a link to that in the show notes. So I want you to check that out pricelessprofessional.com forward slash great career, all one word, lowercase. And in her revival journal, she, she gives you, uh, it's online and it's complimentary, uh, six simple steps to clear your mind. She reminds you or has guides you in the journal to think about your intentions for the day, which I'm a big fan of. I do that every day in my own way with my list of six, you know, which is, this is what's going to happen today. I'm always, I mean, nowadays I'm a hundred percent on this. I, I always know what I'm going to do the next day. And it's amazing how it gets done when I've set my intentions before the day started from the night before or the day before. So, and, and she talks about acknowledging what's going well and what you want to accomplish. So big, I'm a big fan of that in regard to listing appreciation and what's working. I do that every day in the evening. Sometimes during the day, if I get stuck, I'll do make a list of appreciation. 
I mean, it always lines me up. You know, when we focus on what is right, we can kind of find the joy, we can find clarity, and then answers come every time. It's like magic, but it's not. (laughs) And then she, in the journal, she gives you themes to reflect on and to help you unleash, I like her verbiage here, to help you unleash the possibilities in front of you. And then she has the same kind of guide that I was just talking about at the end of the day, reflecting on your progress. So if you'd like to do a, go to a deeper level and reflect, um, use some of these tools, think about talking to Tina. And then she also is very passionate about her process for developing her faith. And so she shared that in the show notes. You can check all that out. Again, I'll give you the link to the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com. Great career. This is our podcast directory at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Go to there and you'll see our top uh, most recent eight episodes and then a link to all of our episodes. We'd love for you to give us a review. If you got something out of this episode, please share it. Take some time uh, and let us know how we're doing. Let other people find us that might be looking for some inspiration who are eager to create their own Wake Up Eager Workforce team and be a Wake Up Eager leader, Wake Up Eager person. So get, leave us a review at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash review. If you go there, it kind of gives you the links and how to do it. Because sometimes if we're not used to delivering reviews, you might not know exactly how to do that. So we got a little video that walks you through the steps. If I can help you in any way, uh, you want to shoot me an email or contact me, you can get, there's a little contact form at pricelessprofessional.com forward slash Susie, S-U-Z-I-E. And of course, my email is Susie at pricelessprofessional.com. Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, at pricelessprofessional.com. You can reach out and our phone number and all that good stuff is on the website. Take care. Create that wake up eager, great career. You deserve it. And so does everybody that is around you and with you. And I hope this has been helpful to you today. Take care. Have a wake up eager day. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 